I think the Lord is doing something in our hearts and lives today as he always wants to do something fresh. How many like fresh bread? You know, love it. Uh, fresh, fresh uh, homemade stuff. I think Jesus wants to do fresh things for us today. You know, when our spirit becomes weary and our, our strength fails, our, our, um, our, we, our walk sometimes isn't what it, uh, we want it to be. Uh, we're, we're, we're in this together. We're, we're for each other. God is for us. God is for you. He's for your situation. He always brings the best out of everything. If we, the word of God is true, and he says we, uh, he works all things together for good. I don't know how he does it, but he he's way beyond us. So we can trust in the Lord, our Savior. We have been just enjoying Gospel of John and um, the the some of the truths that are are just so foundational here. Uh, that we learned last uh, chapter, chapter 13, we discussed a bit about how Jesus uh, demonstrated the act of serving and he washed, he washed the disciples' feet. And I, I think I brought out that not all those feet were probably very clean, probably a little smelly. But uh, one of the things that blows me away is that Jesus no doubt washed the feet of Judas knowing that Judas was going to betray him, knowing already that, that Judas was going to walk away from him, and that Jesus yet chooses to love people unconditionally. And that doesn't mean that we automatically go to heaven, but that means that he's, he's loving on people everywhere across our world to win them over, to win them to himself, to draw them into that place where they, they can have a, a freed-up life. And we don't have to walk in our own strength. You know, when I try to do that, I just falter. When I try to do things in my own strength, I begin to be afraid. When I, I begin to be afraid when I'm thinking about my own strength. But the Lord is gracious to help us. And he said something to the disciples, as I've done unto you, do, it un, do, do to one another. And he not only demonstrated it to the disciples to do it, he, he demonstrated for you and I today that right where we're at, that the church service is meant to be a time we worship the Lord, but we also encourage each other in the faith. We actually want to know how it's going. We want to understand where, where's your greatest need. How can we pray for you? How can we support you? And I think that's the power. That's where the privilege of, of being a child of the king. We get, we've get to be in the family. We get to be with brothers and sisters of the Lord. Heaven is going to be a family of, filled with all kinds of not, uh, of cr cross culture, race. We're going to get to know people across uh, the other side of the world. By the way, Emily is in New Zealand, and and we chatted a bit on the on the thing, you know, on that little tool, you know, what do you call that thing? Anna helped pull her up, and uh, uh, she was smiling, she was laughing, and she was with her friends, and it was a good thing. And uh, we laughed a bit, and you know, wow, to talk to somebody across the world. So that was kind of my refreshing thing for me this week. Jesus is in heaven. We can talk to him without that phone. Right? Yeah, you know, if you're not a techie person like me, I just, you know, I get by with my flip phone. I get by with that. But I don't think Jesus requires for us to have those in order to get to heaven. I don't see that in Scripture. But if they can be a help to you, 
bless you. Use it for the glory of God. Somehow we're going to, I don't know if the Lord tarries, we're going to get to all this stuff and all this new stuff that's happening. You see, Jesus says something very, very, very comforting. You see, that by this time, Jesus was talking about leaving. And I don't know about you, but there was a lump in the, in the disciples' throats. There was a lump welling up within them. But every, day, every time Jesus brought up the fact that he was leaving, they didn't understand. Well, he had such a good thing going. Why is he talking about leaving us? And they weren't quite grasping the fact that he was going to die. They weren't quite grasping, even though he was talking about it, giving hints to them. And so by this time, the 14th chapter, there was some, I think that I sensed there was some, there was some grief, there was some sorrow, there was some uncertainty about what the disciples were thinking. And Jesus looks at them, he says, let not your heart be troubled. Wow, I just think that that phrase itself, let not your heart be troubled, touches every person across our communities. How many know you don't have to look for trouble? There's trouble everywhere. There's troubled hearts everywhere. There's hearts that are going through pain, beyond pain, beyond description. There's fear for what's going on. There's concern for what's happening to such and such. It's, it's everywhere. The world is full of trouble. We don't have to look for it. But how do we deal with it? How do we function? How do we stay up? so to speak. How do we stay strong in a, in a bombarding, uh, confused world and culture that we're scrambling to find good? The news is full of negative. Don't watch too much of the news, just enough to know, you know, you kind of see what's going on. But I don't, I don't say don't make a steady diet of it. Keep the word of God before you. Keep looking through the scriptures. These things shall come to pass. There are many uh, yet things to happen, several things to happen. And the Bible says that in the last day there will be perilous time. What does that mean? Well, there will be hard times. There will be carelessness. There will be lawlessness. There will be uh, confusion. There will be uh, disobedience to parents. Woo. Got real quiet in here. None of you guys are ever disobedient to parents. But there's a sense of um, our foundation, our core values are being shaken. What, what used to be absolute truth is, well, I'm not sure if I, I really believe all that. You know, see, that's what we're dealing with. And so if we don't have a foundation of God's word, we're really in trouble. And we're, we're, we don't even have a leg to stand on. And we're just, whatever, make it up. Whatever you feel is good. But the scripture says something other. He says, I am the way. And he goes on to describe. Jesus himself said to his disciples, I am the way. And so if there was any confusion here, he was going to clear it up. He was going to point them to, to his, his father. He was going to point them. And he says this, believe in God. That sums it up. That sums up the whole book of John. And, and he said, in the beginning was God. God was with God. The word was with God. And the word was God. And he goes on to say that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Now, we need, we got, we've got to be a people that, that understand who we are in him. We are our, our children, that we have a privilege 
Oh, don't be discouraged. There's a little snow in here. I just noticed that. Wow, that distracted me. Wow, that was that was weird. <laughs> I love winter, so I'm sorry. It's coming. It's here. You know. Ah, uh, no mosquitoes, so forth. Love the smell of wood smoke, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, the Lord had a sense of humor. I I think I think he's changing up this fall a little bit for us. I think he's just changing things up to say, you know what, yeah, let's just do a little different here. Let's, let's not give him a spring. Now let's just go from summer to fall, and then, you know, summer to winter, rather. I'm just kidding. I'm just teasing. There is a place. There is a place. I, he didn't say, I'm going to build you a mansion. No, he do sing about that. I've got a mansion. Wait a minute. Maybe he will have a mansion. I'll be glad with a little log cabin. I'll be happy just to be there. I don't really need a mansion. I just need to be in. I just want to be with the presence of the Lord. Can I think that that's exactly what the Lord, how he wants us to live today? Do you really need a lot to be happy? If God blesses you with stuff, then let stuff go. Let it go. Give it away. Have enough. Extra. There's always someone else in need. That's how we're to live. We're to live free. Not stuff. Stuff is okay, but not, don't let stuff have you. You just, you know, you need Jesus. He has a place. You need to know that your sins are forgiven. When you know that your sins are forgiven, you know that your heart is made clean, then you are set free. Then you are really starting to live. Then in life that heaven, we call heaven, yet to come starts now. The life that starts with Jesus starts at the moment when we say, I need you. And Jesus comes into our heart. Oh, what is, Jesus do, what is Jesus doing in heaven? What's the Father and the Lord doing in heaven? In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. So Jesus has went back to heaven and has been preparing a place for you and I and others across our world ever since he's left. I can only try to imagine. What is that place what is that? I think he has your interests in mind. I think he's making something you could never imagine that you will enjoy forever and forever and forever. There's a place. You see, there's another place. It started in the Old Testament. It started in the and the children of Israel, when they carried the tabernacle, and God would come when they would put this tabernacle in a place of worship, when they would bring the animals that were required in those days, there was a place that was beyond the outer tabernacle into the inner place that where the priest himself could only go and that he would apply the blood, he would confess the sins of his own before we'd ever enter into that place. And it was the glory of God that would reside. And you could not stand in the presence of God. There's a place. Was it not Moses who cried, Oh God, show me your glory. He had already been on the mountain with God, but something happened in Moses' heart that the more he got from God, the more he wanted. 
Can you just try to imagine with me for a moment that we're going to go from glory to glory to glory to glory with deeper, with deeper, higher, higher with the Lord. And we're going to understand more and more and more and more and more. And it never stops. And Moses tries show me a glory. And he said, there's a place over here. You can't, you can't see my full place. You can't see my face because you will actually die. And I'm going to protect you. And I have a place here in this cleft of the rock. And you can, t you can be there and I will pass by and I will show you my backside. And I can only imagine. Moses was so filled beyond description, so filled beyond what he ever felt before. See, the closer we have to Jesus, the closer we get to God, the further away, the further away we want to stay from sin. The closer we get to God, the further away the world seems to have a clutch or a hold on us. The closer we draw to God, sin begins to uh, become, we become more sensitive to what the flesh is wanting, and we want to turn away from it because we, that's the power of God that wants us to overcome through him. And so this day will happen. He, will, he said, I go and prepare a place for you, if I will, and, and I will come again. That is his promise. That is yet to happen, that he's coming for his church. The Bible says the dead in Christ shall rise, shall, shall rise first. Those who are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. That is what we know as a rapture. Second coming is a different different than the, the catching away when he actually comes down to the earth. He says he comes with his army. He comes with his saints. He comes with those who are his warriors. And he, he brings judgment to the world. That's the second coming. But if Jesus said it the best, if you see the things coming to pass, what, he was, what was he saying? There will, be, uh, there will be earthquakes. There will be famines. There will be trouble, trouble, trouble in the land. We are going to see him again. What are we to do while we are waiting? We are not to, to be sitting on a rooftop. <sighs> come on, Lord. But he says, occupy until I come. He says to, to be my salt and my light. To help other people hear the message of Jesus. Help them understand it's what there is a place that they can have in heaven. My pastor, who is actually celebrating uh, his 90th birthday, him and his wife, this afternoon. We're going to go visit with him. And um, he still preaches in nursing homes, shut-ins. Don Norman, some of you maybe heard of him. He says this, I want you to be my neighbor in heaven. What a way to witness. I want you to be my neighbor. That's a non-threatening, isn't it? Well, I want to be his neighbor in heaven. Absolutely. So there are people who are wondering how to get to heaven. They're wondering if I'm only good enough, perhaps, if just somehow 
I have my uh, good will outweigh the bad, and then I'll make it. The Bible doesn't say anything about that. In fact, it says nothing we could ever do. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and I cannot save myself. I can never jump further enough to get over the distance. And Jesus becomes my bridge to God. Jesus becomes my way. And he declares this. Jesus says to them, and Thomas asked the question, you know, where are you going? Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going, but how, how do we know the way? Wow, what a question. How do you know the way? And Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. The one, and, the, and no one comes to the Father but through me. That's the gospel right there. No one comes to the Father but through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father. And so they were confused. They were wondering, what does the Father? What's the Father? Who is the Father? If you see Jesus, Father is in Jesus, and Jesus is in the Father. And then we have the Holy Spirit. We have the Trinity. They are triune. They are one, three, but yet one. And so they were questioning him. What is happening? Show us the Father. And Jesus responds to him, Have I been so long with you, and yet you have not come to know me? Philip, he had been uh, seen the Father. How do you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father? See, I've never seen God. I've never had a vision, but I know he's real. I know he's real because his word says, I felt the Lord. I have felt his presence. I felt him here this morning. I feel him now. How do you know the presence of God? What does the presence of God feel? You turn over a few verses, and he begins to share how the Holy Spirit, the helper, is going to be sent after he leaves. In verse 27, he says, Peace I have with you. Peace, uh, my peace I give to you. And not as the world gives to you, I give to you. Let let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. So one of the things is exactly what the presence of God brings is peace. Peace beyond the understanding. Peace in spite of the storm that is going on in the world. The storm that is going on in your, perhaps your, your own world. There's an undergirding peace that you know that you know God is in control. How many have felt his peace? How many understand to a degree? How many want his peace? Always keep in mind, when you're trying to make a decision, maybe you're trying to purchase something, maybe you're trying to, uh, it affects your family in some way. When you ask God, is there a peace? I think it's one of the barometers, what's one of the ways we can, we can say, you know, God seems to be in this. I feel peace about this. But God, the Holy Spirit, can also make us uncomfortable that he can direct our paths in a different way, in a, in a, in a, in a way that uh, is maybe right or wrong. Jesus made this proclamation that in his Father's house are many mansions. And I can, I can only try to imagine what that's all about. But more than the mansions, it is his presence that is going to be felt like none other. That The Bible says we are going to see him. The Bible also says that we have not seen or heard the things that God has prepared for those who love him. I can't believe 
the moment we step into the heaven above, that we're going to be so taken away that we're going to spend the first few years just saying, ah, wow, 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 speechless. I am convinced that the presence of the Lord changes us, changes us. If I were to say that in another way, I would, I would say this. I think we cannot help but being changed when we're in his presence. And some of the ways that he touches us, he softens us. He breaks down walls. He breaks down self-sufficiency. He breaks through the self-righteousness. It's not my works that's going to get me to heaven. The comfort of the Holy Spirit as he speaks to us and woos us and draws us. No one can come to the Father but through me. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit, what Jesus talked about, when I go from this place, I will send the helper and he will convince you, he will convict the world of sin. All right? And he brings about the power for a certain individual's Thank God when we feel convicted. What is conviction? That is a feeling of, I messed up. I was wrong. I don't feel good about it. But then I get the chance to make it right. That's the encouragement. When we feel bad about something, the Bible says when you confess it, when you acknowledge it, then you can get rid of it. You can be freed from it. Even your conscience, even your remembrance, if I could say rememberer, your memory. Oh, my goodness. The devil loves to pull up stuff and remind you. This, hey, you know what? That's under the blood. That's forgiven. That's in the past. I'm going forward. I'm pressing toward the mark. I'm forgetting the things that... Lie behind, Paul said. I'm stretching forward. I'm not perfect yet. I'm not, I won't be perfect to God and makes me new again in heaven. But I'm on the way. I'm believing in the Lord. I'm trusting in that peace that surpasses all understanding shall guard our hearts and our minds. Jesus makes this promise that he's preparing a place for us. He's also promising that the Holy Spirit is going to be here for us now. And that is who is here in our service. That is who is here in our hearts. That is when you step out to your workplace on Monday. He is there with you all the way. And you keep calling on him. And you can pray to him. And you can Pray, actually, in the name of Jesus. And, you know, Jesus described to the disciples, in fact, in this middle of this chapter, that anything you pray in his name, I will do it. And I want to I just visit that a little bit because I think sometimes we could get confused. We could get a little selfish, actually. Oh, anything? Anything? Wow. 
That'd be nice to have this. It would be nice to have that. And we can go on and on and on and on and on. But what about the other scriptures? I think that we did balance in. When James said you don't have because you don't ask, he said at the same time you ask with wrong motives. Oh, so my motives are in play. Now, Proverbs 16, if you're going to make a decision, it's a great chapter to read to about the first five, six verses. If you're trying to make a decision, he says something like this. The, Lord, you, you, the plans of your heart belong to you. And in fact, God, I think, gives us a will, right? A mind to make decisions. And here's the key in that whole chapter. He says, the Lord weighs the motives. So, Lord, I'd be nice to have this so I could be a blessing. Have you ever considered praying that way? Would we have, if we can have a little extra, more than we need. In fact, I'm going to start to give and trust you for supplying the needs. Now that Proverbs 16 says, commit your ways to the Lord and he will establish your plan. In other words, I'm going to step out if you're with me, Lord, and trusting you are. But otherwise, if you're not, then make it clear to me. But I'm going to commit, I'm going to say, Lord, whatever you want. And so now we come back to this will. What is God's will when it comes to praying in Jesus' name? Another verse that has helped me is in the latter part of 1 John chapter 5. And it says this, this phrase, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Well, then how am I supposed to ask? Then I must learn who he is. I must learn his heart so I can ask according to his will. What is God's will for this? You know, one of the prayers that's always God's will, that God is not willing that any should perish. One of the best prayers is the Lord if somehow you can work in such and such and such a way, if there's some way you can get through to this friend of mine, if there's a way that you can help me to speak and love them according to how can I respond? And sometimes it's hard, Lord. In the workplace, sometimes it seems not fair. Not fair. But you know what the Bible says? Even when it's not fair, you keep surrendering yourself. Keep submitting yourself. I know there are times when we need to set boundaries. I know there are times when there are hurtful relationships where you need to draw boundaries. Maybe there are some hurtful things that is happening and you need help. There are times when you need to step away and get help. But God, a lot of times, is working on you and I in such a way. How can we respond like Jesus would respond? 
Lord, can I be like the verse in Proverbs 15, 1, if I respond with a gentle answer that turns away wrath? Can I help keep my spirit under control? See, we're in a process. When God saves us, he doesn't say, you've got you to change, you've got to change before he ever saves us. He doesn't. He saves us, and now we see the need to change. We see the need to think differently. We begin to learn how to walk, right? We're not, we haven't arrived. Accepting Jesus is the beginning. Until that day when the trumpet of the Lord took call, I am still a work in progress. I am still a work in progress. And Philippians says to work out your salvation. The song that we're going to sing clarifies the fact that he has a place for us. A place for us. And dare I say that place is heaven, but yet there's a place even now. Even now, there is a daily walk. There's a place that God wants us to come with him each day. There's a place in our heart that he wants to reside. There's a place in our heart that only himself can hold you. Don't let anybody else in that place.